Our theme verse is in Micah. We've already had it read and by Micah. <laughs> I just think that's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, we uh, need to have a little understanding about the context here of Micah. We know that in the first two chapters of Micah, uh, there were messages uh, that were warning messages. Then we come to chapter 3 going through chapter 5 and we see the messages there or messages of a promise, promises. Then we come to chapter number 6. And in chapter number 6 we see that the message is a very simple message. It's a challenging message. Your children were challenged every day. And the challenge is a very simple one. I can sum it up in two words. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. So here we come to the text and we see that now Micah turns his attention and he's given a challenge. Now understand uh, the atmosphere, the environment in which Micah is preaching these messages. Uh, we know that their worship had become routine. Their, also their worship was defiled worship because they were not trusting and obeying. They were disobedient. They're, they were rebellious. But they still went through the motions. We need to be careful, church, that we do not fall into this same trap. Don't just come to worship just to be coming to worship. We need to come with the right attitudes. And we know when we have the right attitudes, you can feel it. And may I also interject here that the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord inhabits the praise of His people. See, when we come to worship, we do it with a pure heart. I know that we had the little gummy bear thing, and you notice I didn't get up for that because uh, I've already have uh, my uh, quota of chiropractor visits. And so, uh, and so uh, but they sang worshipful songs. Now, not songs that... Uh, you would be accustomed to. They were good songs and uh, they were kind of catchy little songs. But uh, when I'm sitting in the back, uh, they were just, they were raising their hands and uh, they, they were just, they really didn't care about what people were saying about how they worship. They just worship with a pure heart. And I started looking at that and I thought, man, we need to get on board with that. We come to worship because we love the Lord. Many of them I heard during the week how they, they loved the Lord and talked about how they loved the Lord. And so here we see Micah is preaching to a, a, a group of people uh, that were just going through the motions. We also see that his contemporary Isaiah in chapter 1, we see Isaiah said this about the folks. He said they were sick from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. They were sick because they had lost their first love. 
They were just going through the mechanics. Church, let's never, ever come to that point. Let us see these children and smiles on their faces. And, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're getting into it. Even the sixth graders. Now, I'm going to tell you, sixth graders are a weird breed. I mean, they're, they're just weird, okay? And uh, they're, they're, uh, they're, uh, I love them, but they're just weird. And sometimes sixth graders, they're fixing to go into the seventh grade. Sixth graders have been on top, okay? As they've gone through the second, third, fourth, fifth. And sixth graders are looked up to by the rest of the children. So sometimes they put off like they're too cool, okay? But I want you to know... Our sixth graders kind of got with it. Amen. See, uh, it, it's okay to be cool. And we've talked to them about, you know, I understand you got an image to uphold. I understand that. I've heard them talking about uh, this, that, and the other. And I thought, you know, I remember those days, sort of. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, what, what really thrilled me is that when it came to worship, they didn't care if they were cool or not. They just wanted to worship the Lord. Church, we got a lot to learn from our children on how we worship. We talked about it this morning, did we not, that we must come like a child. And the problem with us as an adults is that uh, we've gotten too sophisticated and we've gotten too dignified and that we don't want to really work. It's in there, but we're just looking around and we're like that sixth grader. We think we're too cool. I want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ thinks we're cool when we're worshiping Him with pure joy, clean hands, and a pure heart. So here we see uh, Micah makes this statement. Now there's three things. And uh, uh, our children, uh, I want you to help me with that. There's three things that we learned out of this text. The first thing that we learned is that we are to do we are to do justly. Understand what that means. What does it mean to do justly? Well, it means that in order for us to do justly, we have to be justified. Okay? You, you, you can't do justly unless you've been justified. And we understand the Bible is quite clear that we're justified by faith. And so when we come to re, uh, are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we come by faith. We've talked about that this week, about by faith. We come by faith. And so we're able to do justly when we have been justified. But then there's the second thing, that we are to love. We are to love mercy. Now, in order for us to love mercy... We have to experience mercy. And we understand that we've experienced mercy if we've come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior because we were on the receiving end of mercy. Now there's two words here. There's words mercy and there's the word grace. Grace uh, is that we're getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is you're not getting what you deserve. So when you come before uh, a holy God, we have nothing but to plead mercy. Don't give me what I deserve. 
And that's what mercy's about. And I want you to know, when you experience mercy, then you're going to be able to exercise mercy to others. So we are doing justly. The only reason we can do that is because we've been justified by faith. We're able to do mercy because we've experienced mercy. But the last thing is we are to walk humbly. How do we do that? Well, in order for you to walk humbly, you first must bow. You need to bow and recognize the fact that you deserve death and hell. That's what the Bible tells us. You deserve uh, that you should receive wrath and judgment. And so you're humbly coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that we had to talk to our, uh, our children about, and uh, especially the older, sometimes we have problems with humility. Because we are, we are prideful people, are we not? We, we go around and we like to uh, toot our own horns. Now, I'm not going to mention any names, but we had some of the boys, they were talking about the NBA. And uh, they were talking about this player was the better and this one is the best one then. And they was talking about this and talking about that and talking about how many points that one scored and all this other kind of stuff. And I wanted to think about, uh, I, I'm not into the NBA, but uh, uh, because when we played basketball, you had to actually dribble and, you know, you couldn't do all those things that they're doing now. But I find out that uh, a lot of those guys they may mention are pretty prideful guys. That they'll go ahead and talk about, and uh, they even uh, some of them uh, are, are are they're players now, but they have a say so on who the coach is going to be. I think that's pretty prideful. When they go around and one of them says, hey, uh, so-and-so, he scored 50 points. And the other one says, well, I want you to know my favorite guy, he scored 60 one night. That's, that's nothing but pride. It's nothing but pride. But we need to come humbly. Now, the beautiful illustration that's given, I want you to turn over into the Gospel of Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, we are in a very familiar story. Uh, this story has to do with uh, the publicans and the Pharisees. You're going to find yourself in the 19th chapter of Luke. And you're going to be looking at verses 9 through 14. I'm just going to go ahead. You can uh, read along, but I'm going to summarize things for you. We see there's two groups of people. There's the publicans and then there's the Pharisees. They've gone to the temple. They've gone to worship. And the Bible tells us in that passage that uh, the Pharisee was uh, praying out loud. He wanted to make sure everybody heard his prayer. Why? Because he was prideful. And then he was going around and then he started to even pray and saying, thank, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that guy over there. If you've ever had a chance to go to Israel, you will see uh, these very ones that Jesus dealt with are still there. And they'll walk around and they have the funny looking hats and all of that. And I'm telling you, they'll walk with their nose stuck up in the air. They will not acknowledge you because you're inferior. And then you have the group 
the wannabes are around them and they're looking up to this and they're thinking he's a, he's a spiritual man. He's a holy man. I want to be like him one day. Adults, we need to be very careful how we walk in front of these children. None of us have any right to put our nose in there. None of us have any right to go ahead and boast about what we have and what we've done because the last time I checked, uh, we got there by the same way, grace. Grace. It's the grace of God that's allowed us to know Him in a personal way. It's the grace of God that He's given us uh, all that we need to be able to do what He's called us to be. It's the grace of God that we're here tonight and we're not incarcerated somewhere. It's God's grace. And so the publican was going and he was uh, saying, uh, now look at me. And then he started spouting off. He says, I fast at least two times a week. Now, if you know anything about fasting in the Bible, uh, fasting is not for something for you to broadcast. Fasting, if you've done any study on that, is something between you and God. Fasting is not uh, uh, to make you more spiritual. Fasting is because you have a burden and you're fasting because you want to get more in tune with God. By the way, if you have to go around telling people that you're fasting and that you're praying, then you're probably not doing it for the right reason. You're not doing it for the right reason. And by the way, if you're doing it, people will notice. Can't you tell when you know somebody's been with the Lord? Can't you tell when somebody is a prayer warrior, there's just something about their countenance, is it not? And so here we have the publican and uh, the publican uh, you'll notice when he's praying he's not praying out loud matter of fact he has his head down because he's realized that he's not worthy some of our problem is we think that we have become worthy of the blessings of God that's not where we're supposed to be See, we've lost humility. And then the publican also, you'll notice, he cried out for the mercy of God on him. He recognized that he was in need. Could it be that some of our problem when it comes to worship is that we haven't recognized that we have a need that only the Lord Jesus can meet? My education's got me where I'm at. My income has got me where I'm at. My connections has got me where I'm at. My dear friend, we better be careful because the Bible says that we will be just like the folks in Micah's day. We've just gone through the routine. But then we see that as the publican cries out, we see that he exhibits all three of these. He understands that he was justified by his faith. He recognized that uh, not only was he justified by his faith, but he was also walking humbly and wisely. And also we see that he knew uh, that he needed a touch from the Master. It would do all of us well, would it not, that as we've heard about 
and we've seen just a little bit of what our children were exposed to this week, could it be that maybe things have reversed and instead of us uh, training them and showing them by example, could it be tonight they're leading us by example? Scripture says to come like a child. We see here in Micah that we are to be humbled, that we are to walk justly, and that we are to be with the understanding that none of us have arrived, and what we have is all because of the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you, children. Thank you for showing us by example what you've learned this week And hopefully and prayerfully, you have told the rest of this church this is the way we need to operate. One of the things that I have found out by my little bit of time with children is they're very, very honest. Maybe a little too honest at times, but they're very, very honest. And they'll tell you things... And the reason why they'll tell you things, just because they trust you. Adults, we've lost that. See, the Bible says that we're to confess our sins one to another. We don't do that anymore because we've been burnt a couple of times with those that we've trusted. Went and told somebody else and that got somebody else and that got somebody else and got somebody else. Isn't it a shame that we have, a, we have been hindered in our worship and the way we operate as children of the King because of mistrust? But we need to be very careful. Even though we've been burnt maybe once, maybe twice, maybe more times than that, there's one that we can trust and His name is Jesus. Not only do we see that they are trusting, but they're very innocent. One of the things as they was talking, and uh, I had some conversation with some of the children, that they they were very, very innocent. They were very, very tender. I've already uh, alluded to the fact that uh, we had uh, some that were dealing with the Lord and uh, I, this is uh, I'm, I'm a child. This is a child, uh, about 10, 11 years old, uh, 9 or 10, somewhere in that. And he, he got all tore up and emotional about what was going on over there. And he would say something like this, I know what's going on. And did you hear she got saved tonight? And that moved him. We've lost sight of that. Nothing moves us too much anymore, does it? See, in baptisms, sometimes uh, we just kind of go through the motions with that. Okay, another baptism, all right. That ought to be, that ought to be the highlight of our service. We have got to get excited about that. But you reason, here, here's, and, and, and I'm not, I'm, well, maybe I am fussing but I'm trying to do it in the spirit because Mike has heard this. Okay, Mike heard this first. Is that 
the reason why we don't get so excited is because we didn't have any investment in that person. I'm sitting over there, and children are singing, and they're, uh, open up the heavens. I want to see, want to see His glory. Singing about singing the glory of the Lord. And I started getting, a, I'm getting tore up, okay? Why is that? Because I had just spent all week with them. I had a very, very, very small part but it was enough that what was moving them was moving me. Church, we need to be moved again. We need to get excited about someone coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. We need to be doing worship not uh, because we just got to go through the motion, but because we truly have fallen in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to show him how much I love him. My grandchildren, I've already alluded to this, but they're my grandchildren, okay? But my grandchildren love me. And when they saw me, I'd just been gone a few days, but they were all excited and they were singing, Baba, 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 Baba. And they were hugging on me and loving on me. And I'm thinking, boy, this is good. This is good. But then here's what I thought. The Lord Jesus loved me even more. And the Lord Jesus is hugging on me. and He's loving on me. He wants to meet my needs. He wants to bless me. He died for me. And if we're not careful, we lose sight of how much He really does love us. May we never, ever forget how much He really loves us. Because that would affect the way we worship. And that's going to affect the way we treat one another. Jesus said it this way. They will know who you are by the way you love. And our children have taught us that. It's, I was on the deck there before we go to eat, and I was watching the kids right there. And I, and I saw kids, they were just kind of hugging on each other, and uh, the, the girls especially. Now, our guys didn't do this, okay. But, but, the, but the, uh, the girls would kind of grab hands and hold hands and kind of skip across the little grassy area there. And I thought, see, if, it's, if it was an adult, we wouldn't do that. That ain't, that ain't, I ain't holding nobody else's hand. Guys, we're pretty bad about this. I, I, like, to, I like to hug up on guys, you know. And, 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 and what has happened is that we've, we've, we, have, we have cluttered our minds well, how the world looks at that, that where we're not even to enjoy one another's fellowship because we're scared somebody's going to get the wrong impression. Isn't that a shame? But our children, son, they're just hanging, they're hugging on each other. And 
I mean, it's good. And I thought, man, we need to get back to that. Just loving on one another and doing it because we love Jesus Christ. And because we love Jesus Christ, we're able to love one another. Our children have taught us that. And I thank you for it, children, to help me to get back to the basics of just loving one another. In closing, we've been through some tough times. But I really, truly believe with all my heart that the best days lie ahead. Children, you're helping us to get focused on that. This week at camp, I had to really take inventory of where I was at spiritually, where I was at as far as leadership. And as I saw the children, I said, I get it now. I get it. Now I understand why Jesus said we must come like a child. And we've lost sight of that. But here's the good news. We can get it back. Isn't that good? We can get it back.